Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Monday. I'm hanging out uh, at our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Hello, Gordon. Hi, Jake. How are you today? I'm good, buddy. How are you? How was the, how was the weekend? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing just fine. I'm doing a lot better than Austin is after his unfortunate pick yesterday, but... Um, yeah, there's uh, only one person left in the survivor pool. Not really. Not really. Are we, should we start there and waste a whole bunch of everyone's time? Because I'm ready. <laughs> no. What? What, what? what can you say? I'll, I'll, first of all, suspenders, boy. Hold on there for a second. Uh, Jake, this was your idea. This was your grandmaster plan. You were out day one. Yeah. And it, out of the benevolence of my own little beating heart, you I, me back I, I talked Gordon into letting you back in. You did. And you survived another week, Fair. and then we're out week three, okay. <laughs> and paid up, albeit we had to drag you and pull your teeth to do so. But I you did paid pay. up. Yes, yeah. you did. Gordon, meanwhile, has he still not returned a text message that I sent him nigh into a fortnight ago at this point, and uh, somehow he whines and cries and begs his way back in over the weekend. Wait a minute! And we let Wait, him back on. in, and I lose because the 49ers decided that uh, they just didn't want to play against well, the see, Miami Dolphins. The difference between me and you, Austin, and Jake twice is that I went on vacation is all I did. No. I didn't ma- I didn't make a stupid pick. See, I mean, but you weren't in the New Mexico you weren't in the Mexico airport where your cell phone didn't work with Bowler. You were at home where your cell phone works with me. As I said, I didn't see it until it was after the fact. And so once it's after the fact, then what's the use of responding? Uh, I'm just saying, you both begged your way back in once. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be a man and take my medicine today and give you my incriminating audio. All right. I I, I am... I'm willing to give you another nope, bite. No, no, no. This, uh, I'm a grown man. <laughs> when I lose, I lose. That's how it is. You two can whine, whine and cry and get back into things if you'd like. But when I lose, it's over. I, I think we, Austin, if you want it, you should have the, the double or nothing. I'm I'm all nope. in favor nope. of that. Nope, 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 nope. You're just going uh, mercifully... to I'm going to be a grown man and pout. And end this disaster. <laughs> yes. you're, you're just going to end a terrible segment. Bad idea to be thrown in no, the wastebasket. I thought we decided when we were all out, we would start over. Oh, man. Are we going to keep this going? Well, pff, the season's four, five weeks old. Oh. We got a, six years to go before the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Okay. And well, as I said, do something. I have yet to actually 
be wrong on a pick. Yeah, and no, you guys are stumbling and bumbling that's around. That's false because you picked the Jets. <laughs> that's I did not pick the Jets. You picked the Jets for me in my absentia. <laughs> Which, again, not to bring this full circle, was your fault because Austin did text you for your pick with plenty of time. And at this point, I think you're not texting me back on purpose. As as I said then, I'll say it again, I did not see the text until it was too late. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I've seen it, but why should I respond to it now? Because now it it, it makes no sense to even respond. Sadly, that's what you thought the first time you saw it, and that's the whole point of this exercise, is that it it makes no sense to you to respond to me. No, I was past the deadline. I was past the time to do it. Well, I'm past feeling, so. (laughs) It was Thursday. What do you mean, past the time? You could have picked a game for Friday or or, or picked a game over the weekend. It was Thursday at 10.30 a.m. A.m. I was under the impression that the pick had to be made. No, you uh, weren't. You're just uh, making uh, up uh, an uh, excuse. I am not. Yes, you are. No, thanks for telling me what I think. You're like that broadcaster who is talking about what the quarterback is thinking, and he has no idea what he's thinking. I have a pretty good idea what you're you thinking. You do not. <laughs> and, and how dare you pick the Jets? I mean, come on. That's just. They were playing the donks, man. Yeah, but they that had was a good cruel. chance. And they were up two scores. Yeah. If it doesn't matter, I would never have picked the Jets. Until I absolutely had to. Anyway, you're just grumpy your Chiefs lost over the weekend to my Raiders. Oh, man. See, here's the thing. In your absentia, I became a Raiders fan, and I got the blessing of Lloyd, and Lloyd is our official Raider, you know. Lloyd's not officially anything. He he, he is, and he said I passed the test to become a Raider. No, he didn't. And you you were nowhere near what was going on. Austin is telling me now that I don't remember him saying you passed any test. I remember us uh, uh, humoring you for three hours that day. No, Lloyd said he accepted me into the club. By the way, you you couldn't just glow about the Chiefs anymore for the last two months, and now all of a sudden uh, you're going to walk back all of that? No, it's it's one game in a long season. It, well, hopefully it's a long season. I don't know at this rate. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one game. It doesn't really matter. Only the Miami Dolphins, as they would have you remember, hey, 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 the season it, undefeated. It mattered to me on the Raiders bandwagon. It mattered to me. It's a well, big win. Well, the Ra- we got it done. Well, it was. We did The Raiders it. are pretty good. Hey, man, all the Salt Lake fan people. Uh, sports fans who want to jump aboard that Raider bandwagon, it might be a good time to do it. Chucky, and they're, getting it done. They're, geogra- they're geographically located now. and I mean, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do this, Gordon, uh, because you always accuse me of never highlighting when I, I've been wrong and often highlighting when I've been right. Uh, when, uh, when Chucky got uh, rehired with the Raiders and Herm Edwards – uh, got hired by Arizona State. I laughed at both hires, and we even had a hilarious segment about who was uh, going to get fired first. And it was like over-under who was going to make it through one season, you know, took the under on both or whatever. And, what do you have against Chucky? Oh, I just think, it, you know, he was in the broadcast booth for a 1,000 years. And as a broadcaster, I mean, nobody could do anything wrong ever. So I thought maybe he lost his edge. But uh, it's Herb Edwards been in the broadcast booth forever. But uh, what what did I know? They're both uh, doing pretty well with their current situations, I'd say. Well, they didn't just forget everything they ever knew. Well, you know, it didn't. Um, how terrifically did it end in Tampa Bay? 
If memory serves, it flamed out pretty quick, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean, you know, NFL coaches, they're all, they all get second chances. You know that. I mean, Bill Belichick got a second chance, and look what he's done with it. I don't know. Uh, Bill Cunningham, the guy that uh, replaced Chucky with the Raiders, was in the Super Bowl that year. Uh, fired the next, I think. Hired as the head coach in Nebraska. Fired like one year later there, and nobody's heard uh, from him since. You know that team that uh, Bill Belichick coached in Cleveland uh, had Nick Saban was the defensive coordinator on that team. I saw that picture uh, today. Yeah, they had uh, they had some some brain power there and some ego. All right, everything we... that everything that a, a a head coach usually stands for. Oh, is that is, yeah, there is a lot of ego in that profession. Uh, I will uh, I will certainly agree with that. Um, all right, Gordon, let's get right to it. It is uh, it is time for the split story of the day. Let's talk a little bit about BYU over the weekend. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Free play. And Franklin snatches it out of the air for a TD. And look at the big guy right here. Kari Franklin just goes up and elevates in a 50-50 ball. Double coverage on a free play. With 8.29 on the clock, they've used up more than six minutes. Algier into the end zone. A little punctuation. Now that's how you finish off the game. I think if you ask our players they could have another 16 minutes to play a game again, they would, they would take it a heartbeat. You don't get that opportunity. You know? So we'll never get this game back. So what we need to do is double down and make sure that we don't uh, make very similar mistakes so that make sure that we're uh, on point for the next one. And, and as a head coach, that's, that's I want to do that. I want to get that done. And uh, I'll celebrate the win, but uh, definitely want to get better. I know we can play better than this. And then, but a lot of credit to UTSA for making plays. A little bit different tone from Coach Sataki. We had a little bit different tone earlier today. Uh, when he spoke to the media as well. But BYU does beat uh, Texas San Antonio, Gordon, 27-20. to They give up 14 points uh, in the fourth quarter for the Roadrunners to uh, make a game of it. Um, BYU made a bunch of mistakes, but uh, Texas, I thought Texas San Antonio, I heard Hans talking about this in the postgame, they, I mean, they came to play. I, I think BYU has more talent, and, I mean, the, the, they certainly were far from covering the spread, but to Texas San Antonio's point, I thought they came uh, and played hard. BYU made some mistakes that they haven't made uh, in the first couple of games, though, Gordon. Yes, and there was a lack of execution that had been present earlier. Uh, at no point in that game did I think that BYU was going to lose it, although they would have been capable of doing it had they made a few more mistakes uh, but BYU was clearly the better team. But we're talking about a roadrunner squad that barely beat Middle Tennessee. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a horrible football team. Beat them by two. Barely beat Texas State in double overtime. This is not a great football team, and BYU made them look pretty good. And so I'll give UTSA some credit for showing up and playing hard, which they did. But BYU, uh, that was not the peak performance that we saw out of the Cougars in uh, in their earlier games. And that's something for them to work on. So maybe I'm sure Kalani will use that all week long as they head into that Houston game uh, to uh, to play and to prepare at, uh, at the highest level. And they did not do that in this game. I mean, UTSA had just shy of the same amount of passing yards as BYU did. 
Well, I think a couple things uh, came out, Gordon, and, and we have our suspicions, or we had our suspicions about the BYU defense, right, that they, the pass rush might be a bit of an issue. You know, you always kind of wonder about the, the secondary and how they'll perform. And they had a tough day. They had a tough day yeah. stopping the pass. The, the game plan was to come in and stop the run. And that was the most talented player on that offense. I, I still agree that uh, Sincere McCormick, you know, yeah. he he's uh, he's got some pop. He has the capability to be a real player. And they, they came in and game planned to take him out of the game, and they did pretty much. But then uh, the quarterback uh, came in and exposed some of those uh, vulnerabilities that weren't exposed in previous weeks. Yes, and that's something they're going to have to shore up. Uh, we saw BYU commit some penalties, and they have been so clean in that regard through the first three games. And so maybe the standard was, maybe the expectation was so high. And that's why, I mean, BYU got the win, and I wrote this. BYU got the win, but it was not impressive the way they did it. And with the schedule they have and with the aspirations they have, uh, it, it, it's, it's like winning isn't quite enough. Yeah, they've got to beat these teams and beat them soundly, and they did not beat this team on uh, BYU's home field uh, the way uh, they were capable of doing. So, and maybe these are college kids. I get it. Sometimes that happens, but they're going to have to because of the schedule they're playing. They're going to have to look good. They're going to have to look good. It's back to the old days uh, when they were in the whack, and they couldn't just beat teams. They had to beat them in a manner that would be impressive, even though the year that they won their national championship, some of those wins weren't exactly impressive. See, I, I, if I'm a coach, I'm selling it to my, my team and I'm selling my program that, hey, this is the wake-up call that we needed. Because, you know, a different way to look at BYU's schedule, and I don't entirely disagree with you, but a different way to look at the schedule is you've got three opponents that are going to be pretty good in Houston, Boise State, and San Diego State left, uh-huh. right? And so you want to be playing your best football in those three games. And, and national, national TV, Friday night, you should have it to yourself. I mean, there should be a lot of eyeballs on, on the game. Um, BYU still ranked, obviously, uh, going up against one of the better opponents. And so, you know, maybe you needed to make a couple of mistakes against Texas San Antonio so you had something to tighten up for Houston. Because I think, you know, if you're going to beat up somebody pretty good, you want it to be those three teams. Yes, uh, and you certainly don't want to lose to them because that under, under, right. uh, undermines everything you're out to accomplish. So, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how BYU prepares in a short week and going on the road against the other Cougars. And they're gonna, if they play the way they did this last game, uh, they could be in real danger of losing it. But we don't have a whole lot of evidence about Houston. I mean, they beat Tulane. And that game was tight until they pulled away late. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to play better because I assume that Houston has better athletes than UTSA on the whole. On the whole, yeah, I would agree with you. Although, you know, there were a couple of examples there for Texas San Antonio, some guys that can play. I was talking to Hatch about their defensive tackle who had a, a big-time game. And that's what we talked to Coach Trailer last week. Uh, remember, Gordon, he was talking about how if he can just get six kids to stay home uh, scholarship guys and six, did he say six walk-ons? I think Coach Trailer said that as well. You know, if they can convince those players to play, you know, maybe you can get a, a, a few difference makers out of that area, which has uh, produced a lot of great talent. So, 
you know, maybe we saw a couple of those guys that can play. But on the whole, I got to, you know, absolutely got to agree with you. You'd think Houston is bringing a better team to the table. And, uh, you know, Coach Holgerson in the past um, has had a history of some pretty good teams. So um, I think it's an interesting matchup. And I think if BYU cuts down on some of the mistakes, I, I think it's a matchup that they should win. One thing I would do if I were BYU, and this is going to sound kind of funny, because uh, I, you know, you like it. I like sort of uh, uh, a, a wide open attack. Utilize all your targets, all your weapons. But I think Tyler Algier, he got 19 carries in that game. I would have given him 30. He he's pretty good, man. He he's. Uh, I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere because that's not the case. Um, but it, it is surprising how good he's been. I mean, he's, he's averaged been their over best guy. six yards a carry. Yep. Jake, I'm giving that guy the ball more often. And I know you got Zach and you want to air the ball out a little bit. But, uh, man, I, I I tell those big ones up front, man, you clear clear some space for your guy back here and let him do some work. And I've, he had 19 carries, 116 yards. But I, I think he could have been – he could have sustained some drives that were short-circuited. Yeah, I think a few more carries for Algier um, going his way might not be the worst thing in the world. They've got some depth at that position, though, because Katoa's not bad. Um, he didn't have the best game against Texas San Antonio, but he's pretty good. Um, the Coach Sataki talked about, um, oh, Finau. What's his first name, Austin? Asione Fino, yeah. who uh, who might be available this upcoming week. So they've got some some guys there that – Maybe you want to get a couple of carries, too. And and Zach Wilson threw the ball 30 times. That seems like a pretty decent number to me, actually. So I don't know how much. I don't know. 30, is that, that seems like a lot of carries. But I hear you. It, it, it He's is, a good player. And, and you don't want your, 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 your good, your solid running back to get injured. That's for sure. And BYU's had its fair share of that kind Man. of problem yeah. in the past. So they they want to be careful there. I get it. But He's good. He's good, and he's fun to watch. He runs hard. And if those guys up front are doing their job, he's going to pick up yardage for you. Even in, in that performance where the offense was not at its uh, pinnacle, uh, over six yards of carry is pretty impressive It's really to good. Me. What, yeah. what, did you think, what did you think of Zach Wilson's performance overall? Uh, kind of the same performance overall with BYU. Like at times it was it was really good, and he made a couple of mistakes that he's going to have to tighten up. But you know he didn't throw an interception. Uh, he put the ball on the ground once, right? Um, but didn't throw an interception. Two touchdowns, two hundred ninety-two yards. I mean that's a pretty decent day. It was far from perfect. Far from his best game. Probably his worst game. But yeah. I mean, if that's your worst game, two hundred ninety-two yards and an efficient twenty-two of thirty, that's all right. And they handcuffed him in the second half, right? Did uh, did it surprise you how often he? Uh, and some of this was designed, I get it. But did it surprise you that he did not settle into the pocket as much as we've come to expect? Well, they've been telling us about that though that they want to move him around a little bit, don't you think? I mean, they mentioned that that they want to utilize that with him. Seems like uh, there was uh, a delay in what uh, the timing of some of the routes and whatnot. But, uh, you know, we're nitpicking here. I mean, BYU won. They won 27 to 20. It's just that they're not playing great opponents. And they, and based on the eye test, what I saw on Saturday, that was not BYU playing at its potential. 
and uh, th that's something they need to work on and focus to, uh, to to really get the best out of these guys. And if they do that, they, they give themselves a terrific chance of having quite uh, a memorable season in spite of the fact that they're playing, as you said, their, their toughest opponents are Boise State, San Diego State, and Houston. And uh, that, I mean, those teams are, are respectable, but it's not like they're going up against murderers row here. No, which means that maybe you can have an opportunity to have a convincing win against a notable uh, opponent, which I think would go a long way. Although I will say that Texas San Antonio, that was not the team they should have been favored by 34 and a half against. I mean, maybe maybe that 34 and a half uh, point spread should have been Louisiana Tech. And uh, well, the, we're talking about runners. a team that lost to uh, UAB. I know, but that was a the better week before. That was better. That was a better team than Louisiana Tech. Well, yeah, I'll agree with that. But so. uh, I, I think BYU made them look better than they are. I mean, they, as I said, they barely beat Middle Tennessee. That team sucks. That team is bad. They it took them two overtimes to beat Texas State, and they lost to UAB. I mean, this. I don't. I don't know. I, these are college kids, and I don't want to sit here and run them down. But we're not talking about elite uh, competition here, and and yet BYU made them look like they were a member of the Pac-12. Is it safe to say that uh, BYU, from the coaches, maybe even overlooked UTSA, and to UTSA that was the biggest game they've ever played in and might ever play in? And. Uh, I don't well, know. They've, just they've, played, they've played other ranked teams before. Uh, I think the last time they played the ranked team was Oklahoma State, and I think they beat them by a couple touchdowns or something. But it, it's not like, you know, it's not like that was the only time. Although the program, what, is only 10 years old. So here's what I'll say, because it's compare it to the other teams on their on their schedule. That was the best team playing at its best that we've seen so far. Yes. Maybe you say they're not better than Navy. But, I mean, as far as a football team having their best day, Texas San Antonio was better than the other teams that BYU has faced. I, th I thought they were tough and they played hard till the end, and I think they, they deserve some credit for that. I, well, you know, you, I would have picked BYU to cover a 20-point spread, and maybe they should have, but they probably shouldn't have been favored by 34-and-a-half. That, that was probably a little much. Well, based on what we saw, yeah, uh, I, I would say that. But, you know, Navy as, as you mentioned, you mentioned that they gave up the two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's concerning. That's got to be concerning for Kalani Sataki. Yeah. Uh, what's the truth with this defense? Like you said, are they, I mean, they were, <laughs> they looked absolutely stellar in the first three games. They did not look stellar in that game, even though, as you mentioned, they, they did hold. Uh, FBS is leading rusher to 42 yards, which was a nice accomplishment. Yeah. But, I mean, out of Navy, Troy, Louisiana Tech, and Texas San Antonio, that was the best team we've seen BYU play so far. Well, Houston can throw the ball. And uh, so that's something that uh, BYU has got to get fixed. Yeah. Uh, because if they don't, then they're going to be chasing the back of certain jerseys down the field. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up next. It is the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We'll get to some NBA finals. There's a bunch of odds and ends from the weekend that I want to run past you, Gordon. Mike Leach is going to Mike Leach. We'll get to that at, uh, at some point today. Uh, stay tuned. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Swing. You should have heard this knocked out jailbird sing. 
final seconds here in this NBA season. The respect from those two. And that's it. It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. One is not less than the other, because when you're able to put yourself in this position to be able to win a championship, the first thing you start to think about is how much work you've put in over the course of the year, how much you've sacrificed, how much you've dedicated um, to the game and to your craft. That's always been the most fulfilling thing for me besides seeing my teammates as happy as they are, is being able to know that you can put the work in Literally trust the process, live about the process, and then see the results. L-A-K-E-R-S. That was the best point guard to ever play the game. LeBron James right there as uh, the Lakers. Magic Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. 106-93, they beat the Miami Heat in game number six. Uh, Gordon, what a I, I'm fine. That was. Oh, what a, well, terrible game. That's what I was about to say. Like we could talk game five if you really want, because game <laughs> five was awesome. But uh, but game six, uh, a bit of a dud, and the Lakers uh, win, and LeBron gets his fourth title with three teams, and uh, his fourth NBA MVP as well. When a team is up thirty with that much time left in a game, especially a game like that. That it just I don't know it sucked the air right out of the building, didn't it? It, it did. It, it, and and I I felt bad for Mike Brain and and uh, Jeff and uh, and um, nobody uh, feels bad for Mark Jackson, man. Well, it just I mean it was it was what a, what a, it was. You said you I think you used the best word. It was a dud, but that doesn't uh, take away from uh, what the Lakers accomplished this year. It was a very difficult year with strange things going on, and they stayed uh, they stayed uh, nose to the grindstone, man. Unfortunately, uh, they did. <laughs> what, Anthony what Davis uh, coattails a, a title, so that's good for him. I'd say he did a little more than coattail. Dwight Howard coattailed, uh, coattailed the title. Good for him. Rajon Ronda Rondo coattailed his second title. He had some nice moments. In he did. Game. You know what? I, I'm I'm joking. Uh, but Rondo really, really made a difference. There were a couple of guys on the Laker roster, Gordon, that really made a difference. And I, uh, I kept thinking about something Coach Chiesa's told me a couple of times. Like you you look at uh, some of the salaries some NBA players are, are getting and you say, oh, man, well, that guy's not worth that or not, that guy's not worth that. Well, if you can come up in, in big in just a couple of moments in a couple of critical games, you earn every penny. And that, I thought, was Rajon Rondo, and I thought Contavious Caldwell-Pope was also that for the Lakers, where yeah. you probably could be really critical about their game in the middle of the regular season when they're not playing particularly well. But if they play like that, then they earned every penny. You know what I mean? So are you going to give the Lakers full credit as you would any normal, quote-unquote, champion? Um, I suppose. I mean, I, I think we'll always look back and say it was very unique. And uh, I, I think there – and we can probably break this down for years to come. I think there were impacts that that situation made on the basketball itself. So it's, it's certainly unique. And would it have played out that way if it were normal circumstances? I have no idea. But I'm not going to torture myself with that thought. I mean, I'm right. going to look back on it like I did the, the lockout shortened years, you know? Where like, oh, okay, well, if they played a regular circumstance, would it have turned out differently? Uh, you know, maybe. 
But I'm not going to look back on it, and everybody gets caught up in the word, word asterisk, right? I'm not going to, you know, you look back and you say, oh, that was LeBron's fourth. What a, what a weird time that was. Yeah, I give him full credit. I give him full credit for that achievement, uh, just like any other year, because I get that there were no home fans. You know, you didn't have to put up with that. But, uh, but still, I mean, there was a lot that uh, these players were carrying on their minds. And, uh, you know, being locked up in the uh, bubble the way they were with concerns about their families and uh, the welfare of everybody that they care about, and yet they were able to battle on through. I got respect for that, Jake. Would you have given the Heat uh, all the credit if they would have won? I th- yeah, I think so, because they, they would have beaten the Lakers. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I would have felt exactly the same about them. Okay. Because you were saying they weren't a worthy opponent last week, so I was just wondering. Well, that was the way they played at certain times. They didn't look all that worthy. But they were. that's a gutty uh, club, man. They they play hard, and Jimmy Butler showed what he's made of. And uh, I don't know what happened in game six, man. I, I was That was just uh, the bottom dropped out. And that's too bad because you don't like to see that in the last game of the year because – the Heat did play really well in the bubble, and they played really well in the playoffs. And then you get down to, you know, they, they, they win game five, which is nice. But game six, they didn't even – I mean, they, they crumbled. Yeah, ran out of gas, crumbled. I mean, whatever you want to use there. Well, I mean, why did they run out of gas more than the Lakers did? Lakers are bigger, for one. Well, they are. And the Heat, Heat were pretty much playing seven players. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons, but, uh, you know. They just didn't have it. They didn't have it for game six. It's really too bad. And they had to pour a ton of energy into the game five win. And I wish we would have gotten a better game six, too. But I don't know if I'm going to – in that circumstance, I don't know if I'm going to use a word like crumbled with the heat. I think they did. They did in game six. I'm not going to use that word throughout. But uh, game six was bad. That was a pitiful performance. It was funny. They were talking about the other – NBA playoff games that were one-sided like that. And I remember the Memorial Day Massacre. I watched that game. And uh, the Celtics just crushed the Lakers, absolutely destroyed them. And what happened? The Lakers came back and won the series. So it, it doesn't mean what it seems to mean, but that's why it's unfortunate that the last game, that's your memory of what was going on with the Heat, that they didn't compete. The Memorial Day Massacre, wasn't that the, the Al Capone thing there in Chicago? No, that was the same. Did Valentine's you cover that Day too? Massacre. Yeah, but that was that was that was newsy and that was like real life. Oh, it wasn't okay. sports. I see what you're saying. But the, the the Memorial Day Massacre, that was a game between the, the uh Oilers and the Red Wings? No, that was the Celtics and the Lakers. Oh, oh the Lakers. Oh yeah. And a series that the Lakers came back and won it, even though they got absolutely destroyed in that game. L-A-K-E-R-S. Buck on that team? Yes, he was. Don't you remember that famous hook shot he hit in that game? The massacre? Well, it was in the, the I think it was in that series. I don't know exactly when it happened. Remember anyway. the moment. Yeah, it was for me anyway. And <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't rooting one way or the other. All right, um, I was proud of I was proud of Miami. I was pulling for them. I'm not going to give them too much heat. Heat. Mm-hmm. 
uh, for no show in Game Six. It's it's too bad. They were pretty overmatched in the series. The Lakers were the heavy favorites. I'm impressed they pushed uh, pushed it to six games. I mean, what was the game that uh, that they won? Was it Game Three, where Jimmy Butler put in that superhero performance, or was it Game Four? Yes. I thought it was Game Three, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was three. Where he put in that incredible—I mean, that's a historic performance. Uh, it, his next best two players were hurt for a, a part of the series. Uh, it was Game Three. Thank you, Austin. I mean, I don't know. I, I was happy to see the Heat there. I think they'll be back. Young team, good coach. I think Jimmy Butler proved himself to be a pretty decent leader. Yeah, and they've got good—they've uh, got good decision makers with Pat Riley and. I think the ownership is pretty solid. I don't. I don't know Mickey Arison, uh, but uh, Pat Riley. I've interviewed on numerous occasions, and he's he's a very bright individual. Real quick, our friend, you you <laughs> you, Shasta trailer tweets in. He says, uh, Jake, everyone wants to talk about this year and asteroids, otter, asteroids, Boone, forget it, he's rolling. I meant Asterix. Did I say asteroids? No, you said Asterix. Instead of asterisk. Asterisk. Not asteroids. But I think he's asteroids? just pulling from that. Uh-huh. He's just having a little I fun know, with that. A little animal house human. Yes. Well, I struggle with the language. <laughs> uh, at least you got the genders right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that puts me uh, one on top of uh, last week. Magic Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. Uh, I've got a, a source texting in to me on my personal phone. Uh, saying Gordon got it all wrong. Magic hook shot was in '87. Uh oh, PK is on it. Was it really? Well, I don't know. This this uh, this reporter usually pretty gets his stuff pretty right. Oh, by the way, I forgot. I was listening to a national radio show today that said Morgan Whalen. Well, well, well. Morgan Whalen. What do you know? Speaking of PK, a ve- speaking, a- speaking of mistakes. <laughs> I don't think it was a mistake. Are you it calling a, PK a, a mistake? Yeah, PK is, was the one who said Waylon. Look, sticks PK, to it. PK and I heard a, a national radio PK's show. PK's a smart guy. He he he, he understands uh, things that a lot of people don't. But but, he, but he's wrong on that one. It's Wallen, not Waylon. I'm going to side with the 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 national media and uh, my good friend Patrick on this one. <laughs> okay. He said, "Who you want? Somebody help me! When was the uh, when was Magic's famous hook shot? It was 1987. Um, I just told you. Well, according to someone who told you. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I just googled when was Magic's famous hook shot. Game four and, of the '87 Finals. Was it? And when was the Memorial Day massacre? That was back in the 30s. <laughs> what 20s? <laughs> No, not at all. What year uh, was that? 1985. Okay. Two years. All right. So I misspoke. Sorry if that is, in fact, the case. Fake news. But uh, it was impressive. So now it really Lakers. is Waylon. The, the, the Lakers really got crushed the way they did by the Celtics, and yet they were able to come back and win that series. It just goes to show you that uh, it's a long series. One game doesn't mean that much. All right, uh, we will get to more coming up next. I want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. They have been proven in lab tests to remove dirt and soils better than any other method. Their power water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, and no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today. By the way, we have a busy guest day on the show. Uh, we're going to have Frank Dolce at 3. 
uh, Chris Maddox at 4. We're going to have Tanner Mangum at 5, and then we're going to have our uh, Oakland Raiders insider report, Las Vegas Raiders insider report at uh, 5.30. On your home of the Las Vegas Raiders, the Zone Radio Network. Are we going to have anybody who breaks down how bad the 49ers are? Uh, they were pretty bad. Uh, they were pretty bad the other day. Our boy uh, uh, Keon Myers from Silver and Black today is going to be on with us at five thirty. All right, stay tuned. More next ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Band of the Day today, by the way, is Elvis, selected by me and brought to you by our friends at Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist in, uh, info, check them out at livenation.com. Uh, Gordon, uh, I still, I, I haven't put it up online for a while, but uh, my daughter still picks records in the mornings. And today yes. she, picks, uh, she picked Elvis, uh, a live album I have from my, Madison Square Garden, which is awesome. I was super stoked she picked it. But... Uh, I, I figured it was uh, it was uh, uh, timely because the you know he is the king, and LeBron James calls himself the king. So I thought, hey, what do you know? What a coincidence! Uh. <laughs> Does LeBron call himself that? Pretty sure he created. I thought that. he wanted to be called the chosen one. That's why he tattooed it in sixteen-inch letters across his back what? at the age of fourteen. Yeah, well, if we're, we're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, I thought uh, Nike wanted him. Did to Nike be king want him to be King yeah. James? Yeah. Well, uh, th- wait a minute. I thought Richard Petty was the king. Yeah, me too. But Elvis was around before Richard, wasn't he? Uh, that's debatable. Uh, that's a good question because Richard Petty was probably rubbing and racing back in the day. When did Richard Petty win his first <laughs> race? <laughs> Google with Gordon here on the big February 1960. Oh, okay. He joined NASCAR in 1958. All right. So the Kang was already the Kang? Uh, Yeah, apparently. So there you go. I said, but so the real King, though, is Elvis. Well, I mean, that's kind of hard to argue, you know? I mean, cultural icon like that. Yeah, I got to love Elvis. All right. Anyway, so there's there's being the day. Hey, Lloyd and I have been uh, texting back and forth because uh, I, I am a Raiders fan. <laughs> and uh, let me ask you about this, uh, Gordon. Uh, the Raiders have a player named Max Crosby. This is his second year with, uh, with the Raiders. And uh-huh. he had the bold move of getting a Raiders tattoo. Oh, did he now? In only his second year. Like, what are the odds he's going to play for another team? Pretty high, right? <laughs> Did he get it in uh, in erasable ink? I don't think that's how tattoos work. It wasn't a press-on, was it? No. Invisible ink. Who is he, Maxwell Smart? <laughs> uh, that's probably not the smartest move. Because uh, you're change. almost guaranteed to have to cover that up with something else, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Or get it. What do they do, Austin, when you had, your, uh, when you had yours removed? What did they do to you? <laughs> Yeah, they they burn it right out of your skin, like nine layers down with a laser. It's great. Feels good. It's wonderful. 
What was your tattoo that you love the the smell of burning human flesh? No, you you get it uh, you get it covered up is what you do. You don't necessarily have to remove it. Like remember when Darren Williams covered the panther with an even bigger panther? (laughs) I think the no guts, no glory got covered up too. Didn't the uh, the the lips? On Kenyon Martin get covered up? Did those get covered up? I thought they did. Isn't that, the, it doesn't the legend go, wasn't that Carmelo Anthony's wife that? She kissed his she neck, kissed his he tattooed neck. it. Right. Yeah. Isn't that the, the I, urban I've, legend? I've read, yeah. Mm. But but getting the, okay, I, if if you're Mike Mayock or John Gruden, you see that tattoo where you're like, wow, I really like your confidence, but. Someone's getting <laughs> traded. <laughs> you know, and you played really you, well so far, but. <laughs> How not? would you like to play for the Jets? Right. How would you feel like walking into the Jets locker room, being the newest member, like just getting traded overnight, you know? You walk in and everybody's like, wow, nice Raiders tattoo, bro. <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, uh, especially uh, in the NFL, it's just, you never know. You never know. Well, I mean, how many, especially in the NFL, how many one-team players are there and if there are, they're, they've got to be basically a quarterback or a running back, right? Well, maybe uh, maybe he was. Not a running charged. back, even. No, running backs. They move around can... a ton. You're right. Got to be a quarterback. Uh, yeah. So even I... uh, your beloved Tom is now a Buccaneer. Yes, he is. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I would not advise that. So, please don't. Lloyd and I were talking about it. I think it, t- it before. You have to have finished your career, and then you could go back and and figure out what market you made the most impact and get your tattoo. Then, like we use the term Marcus Allen after his career was all said and done, by all means get a Raiders tattoo. By only fifty five players in the history of the NFL have spent their entire career with one team. Ah, wow, that's amazing. Out of how many in total would you guess? Oh, gall, thousands and thousands. Yeah, yeah, that's not a that's not a smart uh, choice. Even guys like Jerry Rice have gone to other teams. Speaking of the Raiders, didn't uh, didn't Jerry try to really hold on to with uh, and went to camp with the Broncos once? Did he? I, I think don't I think that. I think Jerry was he might have been forty nine or fifty, and I think he went to <laughs> I think he went to Broncos camp. My 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 favorite part about old Jerry Rice was the that he. He held on to the hair a little bit too long and had the the cornrows on the half bald dome. I don't remember. That. By the way, that's what forced Rice to finally retire, is he went to Denver Broncos camp, made the team, then saw the depth chart and he was fifth, and just said, "No, not worth it." And his quote was, "I never thought I'd ever see this day," and then he retired. It took that for him to realize, you know what? Maybe I better call it a day. How old yeah, was he? But, Did it say? Uh, I have to look that one up. I'm torn on that, Jake, because uh, the great Jerry Rice. You, some people say, "No, nah, you don't want to see your legacy tarnished like that. You want to go out on top and all that." But Jerry Rice loved playing football. So, uh, who are we to tell him to retire before he's ready to retire? Because he wants to keep playing. He was 42 at the time, says wow. Austin, um, because I think sometimes the, the lingering athlete isn't really attached in reality, and oftentimes that is not something to be celebrated. As well, much as you love watching your legends, you know, uh, uh, um, 
careers go face down in a foreign market. I mean, think about it. If Jordan had to do it all over again, he'd erase the Wizards years, right? I mean, we can all agree, <laughs> can't we? I don't know. See, this, I, I don't have a big problem with players who want to hang on. They love the game. Why? I mean, what's the big deal? What's the matter with letting them play? Okay, that's fine. They have permission to play, but then you can't say, well, <laughs> uh, people who say it hurts the legacy, what are they talking about? Yeah, of course it hurts the legacy. Yeah, but you only live once. Yeah, I hear you. They, they, there, shouldn't Bond, be a, twice. there shouldn't but be they, a federal law prohibiting quarterbacks from playing beyond 35. But, you know. Tell that to Saints fans. Right. If you if you go to a different team and really run out of gas and, and fall face down, of course that's going to tarnish your legacy. It should. Yeah, but yeah, but if you want to play, what difference does it make? You're living. You're breathing. You're out there playing. Unless you're on the fifth string. <laughs> But I, I, I've always found that curious that people have such disrespect and almost disgust when these great athletes want to hang on for a while. Uh, it's, it's their life. Yeah, but, I mean, if Akeem the Dream wants to finish it out in Toronto with some real substandard forgettable years. Eh. But he wants to play. He's allowed to play. I can't believe he can't get – I'm not arguing that he's not. He should I know, be but that's but, that, but, but people who usually go the tsk, tsk, tsk thing, it's because they – that for some reason, they think their memory of a player is more important than the enjoyment of the player himself within his own skin, within his own life. Nobody's making that argument on this show. Well, I guess you just did. But yeah, I've no, got, I mean, I've, I've heard people. I've heard people say that over and over again. But do, am I enjoying watching Frank Gore limp to the end of his career and wherever <laughs> he is, like with the Jets? I think he's with the Jets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Watch him peter out. You know that. That's how bad the Jets are. He's their starting running back. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't enjoy that, and that's gonna that's gonna tarnish some stuff because that's the last memory you have. Hmm. All right, but that's your memory. That's not his memory. His memory is, uh, hey, I love this game. I want to keep playing it. I don't know what his motivation is. Maybe he still wants some money. I, I, I have no idea. But if if a guy wants to play, then I, I and, he, and he's capable of playing, and somebody wants to pay him to play, I, I don't, I don't have a big problem with it. I do. I think they should be forced to retire. What's the right age? <laughs> Why? What's so it? you can preserve your memory of that great player when he was great? You should be forced to move on at 29. <laughs> find find another profession, sir. <laughs> You're out. You're out of You're here. Out of here. Yeah, you've, you've passed it. It's over for you. Uh, <laughs> all right, stay tuned. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Frank Dolce. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.